Good morning, Toronto City Church. It is Pastor Sharon Joy here. I'm excited to bring the word to you this morning. This bright, shining, the sun is shining. Hopefully it is. I think I think the sun is shining. Sunday morning, I was about to say Saturday. Hopefully you've had an awesome weekend. I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right in the word of God this morning in this sermon series called Trust Fund. So Father, we thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for the beauty of who you are. Father, you are awesome. You are lovely. You are great. You are majestic. Father, we stand in awe of you this morning. And Father, I thank you that, Lord, you delight to be in our presence and we delight to be in yours. So Father, this morning as we continue this sermon series, God, I pray that, Lord, you would catch us up into moments of glory with you. God, our eyes are on you and we trust you. Right from the onset, we say that we trust you this morning with our whole heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but Father, in all our ways, we acknowledge you. And Father, we thank you that you direct and make straight and plain our path. So we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm super excited this morning to bring you the word uh, trust fund. We're on this sermon, you know, this journey of trusting God. And what a time we live in that we are called to be a people that trust him not with a partial heart, but wholeheartedly trust him. Because this is, a, this is a season where it's all or nothing. This is a season where you got to push all of who you are to the forefront of the table. You know, if I play poker and I don't, don't start any rumors or anything like that. But if I did, this would be a season where, you know, all chips are on the table in the place of trusting God, uh, because he is the only one that anchors us in this season. And he's the one that can, can lead us through the, 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 twists and turns of this world that we're living in right now. So we're going to jump into this. I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle from what Pastor Brendan brought last week. Once again, the foundational scripture uh, out of Proverbs 3, to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to lean not on our own understanding. I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin uh, t this morning, and I'm going to be talking to you about, you know, once again, trusting God, but also dealing with insecurity. Um, and this whole reality of insecurities, the thing that stops us from fully trusting him wholeheartedly. So before I begin with that, I want to start with a couple of fundamental foundational facts about trusting God, okay? So if you are listening in this morning and you have not heard any messages up to this point, once again, just one message because Pastor Brendan spoke last week, but if you didn't hear his message, I need you to go and listen to it because I'm going to build on top of that this morning. couple fundamental foundational facts about trusting God. Number one is this. Confidence in his nature is the foundation of all trust. Confidence in his nature is the foundation of all trust. This is not confidence in yourself. It's not confidence in ideology or think something you may think about him, but confidence in who he is, his nature, his character is found, is the foundation of all trust. We got to know his nature and we got to put our confidence in that. Number two, what you think about God and his nature and his character is one of the most important thoughts that you can have. What you think about God, his nature and his character is one of the most important thoughts that you can have as a believer. Everything about our world centers around this awesome, awe-inspiring, magnificent God. So how we think about him on a regular basis affects how we live our life as a believer. 
and what we think about him. If we think he's an angry ogre in the sky, kind of like a Hulk-like character, you know, getting ready to smash us down when we've made a mistake or, you know, he's a distant person. Whatever you think about him, this morning is one of the most important thoughts that you can have because it does steer your confidence in him and your ability to trust him wholeheartedly. And then number three as a foundational fact this morning is God is always better than we think. All right? I need you to turn to somebody in your house and say, God is better than you think. I'm waiting for you to do that, okay? Just go ahead and do it. You may need to do it one or two or three times. God is always better than we think. So what we may think about him, you know, today, I, I may think, oh my goodness, he's amazing. He provided for me. I got that new job. He's awesome. He's even better than that. I may think, oh my goodness, he protected me. I didn't get in that car accident. I was able to avoid that car. Yes, he did, but he's even better than that, just that God. He's a protector. He's a savior. He is a lover of your soul. He, I mean, there are so many characteristics that we could give to the nature of who he is. And even in our small-minded understanding, we've got to acknowledge that God is better than we even think. He's just that good. So I'm going to jump into a couple of biblical truths about his nature as a foundation. Uh, once again, you know, confidence is nature, in his nature is the foundation of all trust. What you think about him is important, and he's always better than you think. But I'm going to jump into the scripture because I want you to understand as we look at this whole area of trusting God this morning and why some people walk on a fragile and broken foundation of trust, where some days they trust him, other days they don't, you know, where their, their, their steps are kind of wavering and teeter-tottering, you know, on in life. Um, I believe it because it's because of some, something called insecurities, and we're insecure in our relationship and how we relate to him. So we're going to jump into a couple of biblical truths about his nature so we can walk with strength and confidence in trust, okay? So biblical truth number one is this, God is good. God is good and we are invited to experience his goodness. He is good and we are invited. It's one thing to know he's good, but you are invited. You are, you have, you've received snail mail and email and Instagram DM every single day to encounter the goodness of God and to experience him in that way. And why is that important as it pertains to trust? It's important because if you do not know he's good, you are not going to fully wholeheartedly trust him. If you think he's a mean God, you're going to kind of, you're going to put maybe three chips on the table, not all of your heart on the table. And we are invited to experience his goodness. Psalm 107 verse 1 says this in the ESV. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. In the Passion, that same, that same passage of scripture says this, let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. Here's why. He's better than anyone could ever imagine, right? Once again, he's good. Whatever you've thought about him, the Bible says he is better than you can even imagine. Once again, foundational when it comes to trusting. You know, if I, um, you know, obviously I'm married to Pastor Brennan. You know, we, uh, you know, April is our month, so this month is our month. You know, we're celebrating, you know, is it 15 or 16 years? One of the two, I can't remember. Don't tell him I said that. I think it's 16 um, years of marriage. And I, you know, I when I met him at the altar, you know, that long altar, I walked down. And when I gave my yes to him to be his bride, I did because I trusted him. 
And part of me trusting in him is because I believe that he, he, in Christ, he's a good person. I noticed I said in Christ. No, he is a good person. He's a good person. But I'm just saying I had to trust his nature. If he was a mean guy, I wouldn't be meeting him at the altar. You know, if he was cruel, unusually cruel, he was a liar, a thief. Why would I get married to him? Why would I trust my life to him? You know, so in the same way with God, once again, we trust him because he's good and he's better than you can ever imagine. Romans 2 verse 3 to 4 says this, um, and the end of this chapter, this verse, it says, oh, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It is the goodness of God that brought you into this relationship with him. It is the goodness of God that brought you to the place of repentance. Not the law, not your, your, your great works, the goodness. One translation says the kindness of God. Once again, his nature. He is the one to be trusted because he is good. Psalms 31 verse 19 says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of uh, children of mankind. Once again, how abundant, how, like how, there's enough for everyone. There's enough to go around of the goodness of God. That's his nature. That's why you should trust him. He's abundant in his goodness. Um, and then Psalm 34 verse 8, once again, he is good, but we're invited to experience it the goodness of God. It says in Psalm 38 verse 8 or 34 verse 8, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. So we are invited to encounter his goodness on a regular basis and that is one of the foundational biblical truths on why we trust him because he's good and he has good things in store for you and how he displays his goodness to us is seen through his promises to us. So in the Bible, when we're talking about like, how do we conceptualize the goodness of God on a personal level? We see the display of his goodness in the promises that he makes to us. And a promise is everything to God. It's everything. When he promises something, it's everything to him. Therefore, it should be everything to us. So when, you're, when he's promising you stuff in his word, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, or when he gives you, you know, a prophetic word or he speaks to you in your quiet time with him, that promise he gives to you should be everything to you. You should hold on to it. You should anchor your life in it. Um, and you should, you should see, use it as a filter to how you make your decisions and how you trust him because his goodness is displayed in his promises to us. And when we stand on his promises, we stand confidently. I don't know about you, but when I know he's promised something to me and I can take that to the bank, cash it in, I can stand confidently knowing that he's going to come through on his promise towards me. And I feel like in this season, there are many people who are not confident because they're unconfident uh, regarding his display of nature, the, the, his nature displayed in promises. So what does that mean? They don't really know how good he is and they don't know really what he's promised to them. And it's interesting um, because... When we look at the scripture and we look at the various promises that he throws out in scripture to us that we can take to the bank, the promises around his help and guidance, his faithfulness, our salvation, promises around wisdom, promises around giving you peace, joy, love, promises about the riches that we're going to, you know, eternally, uh, the rewards that we're going to come into, promises about being adopted into his family, so for those of you that are isolated and you're just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if there's anyone that loves me, cares for me, there are promises in the word 
about you being brought into his family, promises about strength and power, provision, eternal life, deliverance, healing, and restoration, renewal, refreshment. I mean, the list goes on on how many things he has promised to us. And because of his unchanging promises, we can stand securely in the goodness of God in any circumstance, including COVID. (laughs) Why is that important? We got to know he's good. We got to know that his goodness is displayed in promises and that as we take those promises and as we stand on them, we stand with confidence in any circumstance. Once again, he is good and he invites you to encounter his goodness. Not only know, but encounter. Some people stop with the no. Oh yeah, I know he's good. We were singing, Lord, you are good and your mercy. I mean, you're singing songs and everything, but you have not encountered it to the degree that God wants you to. And how do you do that? It is knowing what he's promised and standing on it. An example of that would be out of uh, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 that says, the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. There's a promise. He is faithful and he will establish you and guard you from the evil one. That's something to stand on. That's something to stand on. So number two, so number one, God is good and he invites you to encounter it. Number two, God is love and we are invited to experience his love. Once again, this is the nature of who he is, and it's important that we know this so we can move in this place of trust, okay? 1 John 4, verse 7 to 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. He is love. Ephesians 3, verse 17 to 19 in the Passion, one of my most favorite chapters and verses in Scripture It says this, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Once again, the love of God and the, the, the invitation to come into a place where the very source and root of your life is in his love. Titus three, verse three to seven. Um, talks about it, says, for it wasn't that long ago that we behaved foolishly in our stubborn disobedience. For some of you, it may have been yesterday. For some of you, it may be 20 years ago that you were foolish, you're doing all kinds of disobedient things. Where we were easily led astray as slaves to a worldly passion and pleasures, we wasted our lives in doing evil. And with hateful jealousy, we hated one another. When the extraordinary compassion of our God, our Savior, and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person, As the brightness of the dawning day, he came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. Once again, he is love. That's his nature. And we are encountered, we are invited to encounter him in that place. And it goes on to say, so as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless, innocent before his face, we can now become heirs of all things all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message? So once again, the love of God is unchanging towards you. That's his nature. That's, that, that, that for me is a trustworthy uh, characteristic. He's unchanging. Even when you change, he doesn't change. Even when your job changes, he doesn't change. Even when your children change, he doesn't change. Even when circumstances and in a global pandemic change, he remains consistently faithful in his love towards you. So Christ in us makes us feel secure in his loving kindness towards us. So once again, his goodness makes us stand secure his love and his loving kindness, Christ in us, 
Once again, in his love, the Father's love, he sent Jesus to die so that, you know, he could be in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Him in us makes us feel secure in his loving kindness towards us. So number three, in his nature, and then I'm going to move into this whole thing of insecurity. I have a little brief talk about it is number three is that God will never leave you. So number one, he's good. And once again, there are many other attributes about attributes that speak of the nature of who he is, but these are fundamental when we're talking about trusting, okay? Number three, God will never leave you and we're invited to experience his proximity, okay? He will never leave you. Hebrews 13 verse five, the Amplified. Honestly, some of you need to get a big old marker and highlight this. You need to post this print it, put it on your, your mirror in your bathroom, on your fridge, on your bumper, on the car, like wherever you want to put it, you need to put it. It says, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed, be financially ethical. That's a word for somebody out there. Be financially ethical. Being content with what you have. For he has said, for God has said this, I will never under any circumstance desert you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. That's a word for somebody. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Once again, he will never leave you. That is one of the the, the fundamental aspects of the nature of God that we have to trust in. He'll never leave you and we're invited to experience his proximity. Once again, we sing songs about, oh God, you're near, you're near, oh, draw me close to you, oh, all these like amazing songs that a lot of us have head knowledge about, but we're never experiencing the proximity with walking with Jesus, the proximity, the intimacy, the the, the protection that comes from walking with him so closely. So we're invited into experiencing that. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, you draw near to all those who call out to you, listening closely, especially when their hearts are true. He wants to draw near to you this morning. He wants you to be closer than close. It's like Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high abides. He wants you to abide. He wants you to align with him and to rest in him uh, and him being a God that is close. Okay, because if you don't understand that, if you've not encountered that, then it's very hard for you to trust him. You feel like, you know, in, when you're in the middle of your circumstance, he's far away. You feel like you got to yell. You got you to be like, where you at, God? Where you at? You know, you got to call out to him. And he's not close to hear and respond to you. He's always near. So once again, God is the God. You know, his goodness makes you stand securely. His, his love makes you feel secure. And his, the fact that he'll never leave you nor forsake you um, anchors you in security. It anchors you. That means that like anything, I could be going through a storm and I'm anchored. I could be out on the, you know, the, in the Mediterranean on, you know, uh, a tumultuous sea and be with the Lord and, and walk with Jesus. And I'm not even, uh, pushed around or bullied by fear because I'm anchored in the fact that I'm, I have security because he is close. So we've got to trust these aspects of his nature. But here's the thing that I want to talk about today. Um, and once again, I, I set this out, you know, I'm not going to be m- that much longer, but I want, to, I want to share deeply with you because once again, if you encounter him in his goodness, you stand secure. If you encounter him in his love, you feel secure. And if you encounter him um, in the place that he, he's, he's close to you, his proximity, then you're able to be anchored through whatever you're going through. But many of us struggle uh, 
dealing with trust, and it has very little to do with the nature of God, because once again, he's secure. He's all these different things. It has to do with the insecurities that we carry. And the insecurities that we carry literally ram up against the nature of God and, they, and it, it like tries to literally speak a different narrative in situations and circumstances. It, it tries to come and say, well, no, he's not going to come through for you. Well, no, 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 no. You're not anchored in him. Well, no, 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 no. Right now what you feel is important, not what you know. Like it, there's, and insecurities have a way of doing that. So insecurities affect our ability or trustability, and I'll explain why. The definition of insecure, insecure, that word insecure, means subject to fear or doubt, not confident or secure, exposed or liable to risk, loss or danger, or not firmly or reliably placed. I love that definition of insecure. Uh, and the reason why is because many of us, and we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not insecure. I'm good. I'm confident. I'm good. But when you look at the definition, when it says subject to fears or doubts, how many of us are walking around with fears and doubts about how you're going to pay your bills, about where you're going to live, about what's going to happen to your children? Are you going to even be able to have children because I'm older? I'm this, I'm this, right? And we're not confident or secure. So that's why I started out talking about the nature of God that comes to bring security to you in his promises so that now we can look at the things that try to tell another narrative, okay? So insecurity is more than a complex emotion. It's a lie about our value, our position that God gave us and our, his ability to follow through on his promises. It's all, about, it's, it's all about that lie. No, you're not worth it. No, you know what? He hasn't given you all things. We read that earlier. No, no, no. He's not going to follow through on his promise. And they challenge his nature. And insecurity is deeply rooted in fear. And when you're in an insecure relationship with God, you don't ask him with confidence. The Bible talks about in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 7, ask, seek, and knock. We know that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We know he's provider. He's good. He loves us and he'll never leave us, um, we know it. Some of us know it. Some of us have have experienced it, but many of us have never pushed into the place where we're asking him boldly regarding things that he's promised and things that he has in store for our future. God always wants to be someone to us and do something for us. I'll say that again. God always wants to be someone to us and do something for us. He wants to be the deliverer and he wants to follow through on deliverance for you. He, like the children of Israel, he wanted to be their savior, their deliverer, their lover. And he wanted to bring them out of a place of slavery into a place of delivery and freedom and victory. And God always, always wants to be someone to us and to do something for us. For example, when you are weak, he wants to be the source of your strength and he wants to make you strong. So many promises about that. Romans 8, 31 to 32 says this. So what does this all mean? I say that this morning. You may be saying this. So what does this all mean, Pastor Sharon? What does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. He won't withhold anything else he has to give. 
That's how good he is. Psalm 29 verse 10, T. Levin the Passion says this, above the furious flood. Ooh, some of us are in that right now. You're in a furious flood. You're, you're fighting for your life. You're treading water like crazy. It says, the enthroned one reigns. The king God rules with eternity at his side. Woo, such powerful, powerful statements about his nature. This is the one who gives his strength and might to his people. The Lord, this is the Lord giving us his kiss of peace. Once again, his nature breaking through in the middle of the flood. He always wants to be somebody to us and to do something for us. And he already has. So what are the contributors to insecurities? And why do some of us, despite the fact that we go about our, our ways, we're like, why do I just feel like I can't believe him? Why do I feel like I just can't trust him? There may be some contributing factors to that. Number one, instability in the home. If you grew up in a home where there was instability, where there was, you know, maybe it was a single parent home, maybe there was divorce, maybe there were relationship issues, alcoholism, abuse, that sows a seed in your heart of insecurity. So you may be a grown adult walking around trying to figure out why you, you know, why you can't fully trust God. And maybe because you fully could not trust the environment that you grew up in, or the person that was supposed to protect you didn't protect you. So you have an insecurity about life and how you view God and his goodness. Number two, actually, let me say this about that. Um, one of the things that I was not insecure about growing up was about uh, provision. Although my, you know, my parents, we had our days where we eating porridge and all that kind of stuff. But my parents modeled to us a model where even where things may have been tight financially, we were not privy to all the, you know, the ups and downs of, of their finances. So they weren't like, oh my goodness, we don't know where our next meal's coming. Oh my goodness. There was none of that. So that when I grew up into my adulthood, you know, and then my dad had a pretty successful job, my mom, pretty successful career. But when I grew up into adulthood, I didn't question whether God was going to provide because I didn't have this insecurity for my childhood about whether we were going to eat tomorrow. So once again, these things can trickle into our relation, our trust relationship with God. Number two, significant loss, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, you know, people walking out on you. If there is loss, you know, in COVID, you know, you've lost somebody, it can affect how you trust God and how you rely on him. And once again, I'm talking about wholehearted trust, not just like, oh, we kind of trust you, God. No, 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 we're talking about, you know, completely trusting in him with our whole heart. Number three, rejection. Number four, dramatic change. We've all gone through dramatic change in this last season with COVID, um, and that can bring about insecurities in our heart where we are now, you know, trusting in our own abilities or the government or trusting in whatever, you know, whatever you, you choose rather than wholeheartedly tr trusting in the promises, which are once again, the display of his nature are seen in them. Um, generational cycles, abandonment. All these different things really affect our ability to trust him wholeheartedly. And that causes us to be insecure. And once again, insecurity, really the definition is doubts and fears. How many of you have doubts and fears about God's ability to come through for you? You know, maybe, yeah, maybe you, you know, you've been, you know, they were crippled in your childhood because of different things, or maybe certain things have happened to you or abandonment or, you know, whatever, fear, whatever the case may be. And it's caused you to not trust him. God wants to set you free. Beth Moore, who is a really good Bible teacher, she said this, and I quote her here, a history of unwelcome changes can be the breeding ground for insecurity. 
because it invites you to become addicted to dread. You learn to live a life with the constant expectation that something bad is about to happen. So when we're insecure, when we're not fully trusting God and confident in his nature, we live often with a dread where there's only a day, there's coming a day, I'm about to lose my job, or something's going to happen, my kids are going to get hit by a car or something. And you never hopefully expect and anticipate that God's going to come through. So we've got to deal with this thing of insecurity. And once again, a history of unwelcome changes. We're in, a, we're in a generation, we're in a time and a season, a year or years where we've had a lot of unwelcome changes that have breeded this level of insecurity in many of our hearts. But we've got to bring our heart to God. And what is the biggest culprit, what is the biggest bully in the middle of insecurity that keeps us from trusting God is fear. And once again, it's the question, is he really going to come through? Is he real? You know, what if he drops the ball? What am I going to do then? Am I going to have to pick up four jobs? What are, you know, all these different things. And I love what God says to his people in Isaiah 46, verse 3, in the Passion. It sounds so good. It says this, Listen to me, O Jacob's tribes, all the remnants of Israel. You never had to carry me, but I've carried you from birth. I supported you from the moment you left the womb. Even as you grow old and your hairs turn gray, I keep carrying you. I am your maker. I am your caregiver. I will carry you and be your savior. To whom can you compare me? The uncomparable God. Have you found someone else like me? What a powerful scripture. He says this to Israel, but he says this to you. You've never had to carry me. I've carried you. I've carried you from birth. You know, I've supported you from the moment you left the room, Toronto City Church insert your name, even when you grow old and your hairs turn gray. <laughs> he says, I will keep carrying you. I am your maker, your caregiver. I will carry you and be your savior. Who is there like me? There is nobody that can do it as well as I can do it, my paraphrase. And I love why this is important for us to get, and it's important for us to convey these in our household and to the, to the next generations. God, God commissioned even Israel to, to speak and to shout his goodness to the, the subsequent generations because he wanted them to know the security. He wanted them to, to pass on his nature so that, that the children's and children's children could be secure and find their rest and place of abiding in him. Psalm 145 says this, it says, Lord, you are great and worthy of the highest praise, for there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and more of your glory, your magnif magnificent splendor, and the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. And it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. God, everyone who sees you, every, God, everyone sees your goodness, for your tender love blends into everything that you do. Everything you have made will praise you, fulfilling its purpose, and all your godly ones will be found bowing before you. And I love that because, and I love what it says at the end of that. Actually, I'll say this. It says, you manifest yourself as kindness in everything that you do. So once again, we are called to encounter him in that place of insecurity. It, we're called to encounter his nature because fear wants to bully you, and God is not the author of fear. He wants to fortify in you how well he 
how well, let me say it this way, how well he will provide, how well, how great of a, uh, of a, a savior is, uh, how great of a deliverer he is. And he wants you to shout that to the, to the next generation. We want a generation growing up confident in God, not questioning whether he's going to provide. Kind of like my upbringing. I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't even know if we weren't doing well because they didn't really talk about it. Like, I just know that he is the one that, you know, my dad provided. So I knew that God, my father wanted to provide. And here's the thing for me, for you, I should say. If you don't, you know, once again, you may not have grown up in the same household as me. You may have had, you know, parents that didn't, whatever your case, the case may be for you. There is a God who wants to prove his nature to you and he wants to deal with the insecurities of your heart. So we've got to get back to the greatness, the goodness, and the love of our ever-present God. What has he promised you? Then you got to deal with your insecurities that stop you from trusting well. How do we deal with them? We bring them to him and say, God, I need you to heal me in these areas. I need you to, you know, as I read your word, you promise that, you know, that as I renew my mind about who you are, God, that my mind is shifting. I'm seeing you from a different light and I want to experience you in your nature. And I believe right now, as I close, I'll say this, that there is a new trust movement that God wants to release in his church. He wants to break us free from trusting ourselves, the structures and the stabilities that we have, you know, set up, you know, our picket, white picket fence, all the things that keep, you know, us safe. You know, he wants to be our place of safety. And I believe that the bride of Christ has yet to experience the depth and the great expanse of what God wants to do through her. Honestly, and part of it is because God is inviting us to ask, to seek, and to knock. But we can't do that if we're not confident, if we're not standing secure in him, if we're not feeling secure in him, right? And if we're not anchored in him and his proximity. So I want to pray for you this morning because God is able and trusting him through unstable times produces something unbelievably beautiful that the world needs to see. The world needs an example of people that are anchored in the goodness, the love, and the closeness of God. So Father, this morning, I thank you for everyone that is hearing this message. Father, may we come to understand how amazing you are. May we be baptized in a fresh understanding of your nature, your goodness, your loving kindness, Father, and your proximity. May we not mentally know it, may we experience it so that, God, we can uh, move into places that are beyond our insecure, the insecurities of our past. Father, I pray for everyone who is listening this morning that you would begin to heal the insecurities of their upbringing, the things that have caused fear and doubt in their now place of trusting you. Father, we want to trust you with our whole heart and lean not on our own understanding. So I thank you this morning. We receive, Father, from you uh, just a fresh encounter of your goodness, your love, and your closeness. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a good rest of your Sunday, guys. And remember, trust in the Lord with all of your heart.